from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hey, welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. Scott Romine here with my hero, Craig O'Neill. <laughs> I'm so glad you found You're not worried about being on the radio, are you? No, I'm worried about being your hero. Because <laughs> there's a lot of expectations that goes without being your hero. That's so true. I've got to live up to that introduction now. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> Where did you grow up at? I haven't grown up, Scott. Well, you I know, know that. I mean, you miss the opportunity. <laughs> but in the event you want to grow up. Well, one of these days when I write the autobiography, which, by the way, you're going to be in. Oh, that'd be awesome. It's going to cost you $25. Okay, I'm in. So Not um, a problem. you're in the book for 25 That's how I'm going to make money off yeah. the autobiography. I'm going to put people <laughs> in it if you give me money. So, <laughs> That's right. But no, I grew up in Hillcrest, which is about 25 minutes from here. Yes. And about a mile and a half northeast of War Memorial Stadium. So it's hometown for you. Exactly. 1950. I've always wondered, what were your favorite TV shows and stuff growing up? What were my favorite? Well, I loved The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't miss it when I was a teenager. And what were my favorite? Laugh-In had an influence. You don't remember Laugh-In? You're way too young. I figured you for like a Star Trek or a... No, uh, no, no, not really. Star Trek, I mean, I like the fact that the women's costumes were showed a lot of leg, but... Uh, and cleavage. What about the Batman show? No, what, really no, not bad. No, I can't even think of what the show was. I couldn't miss. Loved Ed Sullivan. Right here on our show. <laughs> before we bring out Popo Gijo. See, those impressions are gone. Sure. No, nobody listening right now. Yeah. Well, maybe a few. They don't didn't see that. Have show. no connection to that. But it's one of my best. Neither one of our listeners know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I met one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so what what do you remember as a kid that just keyed you in on the radio? It was KWAY, who, by the way, I understand is still is a part of this. Isn't it a part of this? Uh, you got me. Well, there's so many, but KWAY. Yes, it is. Yes. And KALO, which many people don't know, but up in the Stiff Station area, KALO used to have a radio station, played Top 40, and... They had a window you could walk up and watch the DJ in the window from the sidewalk. Oh. So as a kid, we'd go up there and watch the DJ, who, by the way, I would later work with. Charlie King was his name at the time, Charlie Scarborough, whose voice you hear on all these commercials are used to before he retired. And that was the radio station that kind of bit me. And because it was so cool, you know. You could go you, up there and watch it. You and yeah, I both share this it. ethic oh, yeah. that you listen to the radio and everything's so cool and they're playing music and it just, life is just, has no problems, no requirements, no expectations. Just have fun on the radio. Golly, that appealed to me. Remember a guy named Brother Hal? Yes. What was that? Uh, that was a monster. Brother Hal owned the Little Rock Market for yes. about 14 or 16 or eight, maybe longer years. And I mean, owned it, Scott. Ratings that were through the roof. Yes. And he would start out at six, and he'd sound real country. That's right. And then about seven, he'd start straightening up, and by eight o'clock, by nine o'clock, he'd still have a little twang, but he'd be <laughs> your regular announcer. And he owned the market. My first book ratings mm-hmm. were when I was twenty-one on the morning show at KARN, and I went up against Brother Hal. Brother Hal had a thirty-six, and I had an eight. I'll be honest with you. My granddad used to go fishing with the guy. I never oh, wow. met him, 
But between my granddad knowing this guy on the radio yeah. and the fact that you had given me a dictionary in the third grade for winning an art contest, <laughs> that was my radio thing right there. My granddad knew Brother Hal, and Craig O'Neill gave me a dictionary. I've got to do something with the radio when I get big. Have you still got the dictionary? Sure do, absolutely. And you drew the lips in it? No, I yeah, did Yeah, you signed it, and you drew the lips. You know, it looks like Okay, a, I'll only charge awesome. you $20 to be in the autobiography. <laughs> it's going down. Yeah. Did you ever just experiment with the idea of just being a stand-up comedian? Yes. Absolutely. What did you do with that? Here's the problem with being a stand-up comedian, and you probably know this. You are a nomad. You go from town to town. You're your one-man circus and medicine show, putting up your wagon, doing your little 25, 30 minutes, and you go to the next town. Well, if you're married with two children, and those children are in school, and you're carpooling, you're not going to be doing yeah. stand-up comedian. You're going to get that regular job on the radio and come as close to it as you possibly can. But I, I would love that. Lately, I'd love to be a stand-up comedian for kids. <laughs> A yeah, kid exactly. stand-up comedian. That sounds kind of creepy. Uh, now that I've said <laughs> it out loud, so let's just back off that. But we'll edit that. Go, where did you go and try stand-up comedy? That's a good question. You had to do it in a big city back in the day, back in the early seventies. But I'm of the age of Steve Martin. Oh Robin, yeah, the late Robin Williams. That group that came up doing stand-up comedy, and you had to start out in a city that, in places like the Improv or the Comedy Store and work your way up in a big city, and then if you got good, you went on tour. I'll never forget, I interviewed, um, I interviewed, um, um, help me, uh, with the TV show uh, Seinfeld. Okay, yeah, Jerry Back Seinfeld. in the day when he was, for, and he came out to the, to Zane, to not Zanies, what is it? Did y'all go get coffee in a car? Or? No, I interviewed, he would, here's the interesting thing about Seinfeld, when he was first starting out, he would not leave the hotel room. He would write all day, and then he would come out and do his show and then go back to the hotel room. Very introverted. That was it. But now, from what I understand, that's changed a little bit. But he was so caught up in the craft of comedy that he would analyze it, listen to the recordings. In his show, oftentimes you'd see him with a recording of his stand-up comedy that was part of the the story. That was real. And That's you exciting. talked to him before yep. his TV show. Yeah, and he was not real. Now, what? why would you be calling me? Yeah, yeah. He was not that way. It was just a nice conversation, much like you and I sure. are having now, sure. although I did not offer him a place in the autobiography. <laughs> not yet. Mm-mm. So uh, tell me, what was your very first day like as a DJ on the radio? Oh, what do you remember? God, what do I remember? What That would be KBTM Jonesboro. It was a Sunday. I had an eight-hour shift, and I, it was very ecumenical. It was, I would start out with the uh, black gospel music in the morning and wind up with the First Methodist Church at 11 o'clock. But the, that was my first DJ. The Quartet Merry-Go-Round being brought to you by the Farmers Union Funeral Home. So you had to just do the, the straight. Yeah. You didn't get on there. and No, I wasn't the Jones. DJ that you, yeah, <laughs> that, we that know. came to be known. But that's how it started. You know, the 80s were like when a radio remote was huge. Yeah. And and I knew you for two things. Jones Nissan. You always talked about <laughs> driving a Jones Nissan. And a dictionary. Yeah, and a dictionary. <laughs> but also, I knew that if saw, if Wendy's was going to put in a salad bar, at some point, <laughs> you were going to dedicate the salad bar. Or the TCBY location. 
because I was also opening up oh, those. That's right. So yeah, and there'd be a huge crowd. Well, in my mind, there would be, but the, no, I'm the not ones sure that I we, got to go to, yes, the biggest crowd we ever had for Wendy's was there was a promotion to sing the Wendy's song, only Wendy's or something like that, and that was at the other center. Yes, the other center. Remember, remember that was that. the other center yes. across from it came out. That's why they call it the other center. Place was packed because I think you got Wendy's for life or something like. And that. And they had like extended the building to where if you wanted to eat in the front, you were like in a greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Yeah. And uh, you came in and you were staring at a. You were in a solarium. Yeah, you basically were. And I don't think any Wendy's has a food bar anymore. No, That's they don't. Long gone. No, they don't. Mm-mm. It was a big deal in the 80s, though. Oh, it was. Oh, the 80s, Scott. Favorite memory of doing those? Oh, yes. Oh, And we had the Wendy's 10-city tour where we'd go to Wendy's and talk about breakfast at various cities. TCBY, on the other hand, was phenomenal in that I was at on the ground floor of their taking over the world. Yes, they did. The I did the very first, um, the very first franchisee dinner entertained at the very first franchisee get get together. And it's everywhere now. And within two years, they couldn't have it in Little Rock. They had to have it in a big city. And I think they ended up having it in Honolulu, whatever. But I'd open up all the TCBY locations. Oh, yeah. So I remember that. I remember Wendy's and, and – Oh, I'm so oh, glad you remember because so awesome. at Channel 11 where all the reporters are 26 years old they from other no states and they have no idea what's <laughs> going right. on. I talk about these stories and they go, eh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've heard of Wendy's. Yeah. That's nice, Craig. No, that's very good. Hey, well, let's we'll, go cover the next murder. That's right. We'll be right back here on uh, Guatney Unplugged. And welcome back to Guatney Unplugged. What that's is it? Right. That's Gwat- it. Guatney Unplugged. Hi, I'm Craig O'Neill. My special guest today is Scott Romine. I like that better. Thank you. And he's the moonlighting champion of America. <laughs> he's got his hands in so many pots that why it, they get burned every day. Oh, you got to do it. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. You know, I've always known what your dream in life was. Yep. How close did you ever get to Johnny Carson? Actually, I talked to him. Did you really? For 10 minutes on the telephone. And how, what year was this? It was 1988. I was at, I was roasted by the Diabetes Association, and on the board for the Diabetes Association was Larry Wallace, the then owner of Channel 4, who also was the chairman of the affiliates in for NBC. Okay. So he had clout, and there was a writer's strike in Hollywood. And as a part of the roast in 1988, which I think – I point to is the highlight of my career johnny carson calls and we put him on the speaker and i talked to him in front of 600 people at the then excelsior for 10 minutes and people to this day said who were there say you sounded like you were talking to a relative or somebody on the front porch sure and i said i know he was in my home for about 20 years why not is there a recording of that anywhere? Yes, I've got it on uh, VHS, and if you listen to it, Carson is hilarious. He keeps zinging me, and I'm laughing, and then I come back and we talk. And I never ask him a question. He and I just visit, and it's fabulous. He was it the was, greatest of all time. Oh, man. And then I read a book about him written by his one of his former lawyers, and it was a tell-all, and I realized he's really kind of tragic. At the end, he died with no one in the room. His kids were hundreds of miles away. There were no relatives there, no close friends. He was all by himself on the day he passed away. I've read that he carried a gun, and he was really kind of a tough guy. Well, maybe. He was a madman. 
Remember the TV show Mad Men? Yeah, yeah. He was from that era, and he had women and married four times, drank, smoked. Uh, just He was from the Mad Men era. Yeah. But it, what an awesome guy. He, he was. You watch, and we have him on THV2 if you're on that cable and get that THV2. You see his show every once in a while, and I'll just stop and linger oh, yeah. and watch. And he's just amazing. There's just an amount of class that he had that's yeah. just missing from all the hosts now. And that's what I bit into when I was 13 years old in that awkward stage. Here's this man dressed to the nines, cool, he's funny, he's talking to women. My hormones were starting to flow at the sure, time. Sure. And he's just funny, and they all think <laughs> he's charming. And I'm going, I want to be just like that. Who I, didn't? Man. It was awesome. Yep. Yeah. And I came close. Uh, they actually interviewed me to be on the show. Okay. But they realized that there was really nothing. There were, they realized that there are a lot of people in the country that want to be on the show. That's oh, yeah. not the reason yeah. to put this guy on the show. Because if you put that guy on the show because he's always wanted to be on the show, that's going to open the door to about yeah. 44 million people. Floodgates. Yeah. But you would have been great on yeah. there. No I could have been first. Scott Romine second. <laughs> Tell me about where the characters came from. Where Sherman Bonner. The human thermometer from Step It Up, Mississippi. <laughs> He's based on a doctor at Arkansas State University. So he is really based on he somebody. He was based on this voice, this doctor. And you had the sound effect of the the, the stairs window opening, coming down. The, or stairs, the stairs would come down. He was on the roof. He was the human thermometer. He was from Step It Up, Mississippi, back <laughs> when we could beat Mississippi. And he would always come out. He was always a dirty old man. Did now you, I'm yeah, the dirty old man. For sure. Did you ever get into where you would need to record some of their voices? In yes, order to Marvin, interact? the boss's nephew, would be on the telephone, and I would record him in advance. <laughs> and he was the boss's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, you're just going to have to stop it now. You're just getting way out there. Let's rein it in. Ring it in. Rein it in, Craig. Craig, yeah. And he's boy based on a boy cheerleader. He is. I knew it, Arkansas. Okay, y'all, yell. Let's go. We just got to win this game. I always thought there was a little bit of Mick Jagger in here. Uh, and a little bit of Tom Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Pewterball. <laughs> well, it's nice being with you, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Bye-bye. Enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Coach Riley Pewterball is right based on my high school basketball coach. Uh, times are hard up there in Rooster Poot. We've had to consolidate several of our services up there. <laughs> We're now having to teach driver's ed and sex ed out of the same car. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Rooster Poot? I've always it's, wondered. It's located midway between my left ear and my right. Is that right? Yep. I and figured just, that was around Booger Holler somewhere. <laughs> well, Booger Holler is close. Which is that, real. Oh, there. that's right. There is. It is real. Uh -huh. yep. There's a stamps. And I had a friend from high school who worked in the post office who swore up and down there was a rooster poo, and that's where I came up with it. He called and said, you ought to use the town rooster poo. There is one. It's near Hazen, not Hazen, near, oh, I forgot. There's not one. There should be. It was northeast Arkansas, he said, but I never have found it. It's in Hazard County. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hazard yeah, County. Oh, yes. We could use that. I'm going to use. We're writing stuff. And somebody's, I'm sorry, y'all. Somebody's, somebody's texting digging. me. Hanging, you're popular. Uh, it's from Guatney. Well, there you go. And Craig, it's the last time you'll be on our show. <laughs> okay, well, thank uh, you. That was nice. Mm-hmm.
Hey, uh, what inspired prank phone calls? Because you were doing this way before. Well, now, they were a staple in American radio when I picked up on it. They were already out there. Okay. Imus did it. Called McDonald's, said he was a national, had a National Guard convoy coming through. They needed 600 hamburgers sure. to go. Uh, there was a guy named Russ Spooner out of Nashville who was doing it. And they were scoring with it, and so I decided to do it. And what got were some of your up, favorite ones? Favorite one, I called the highway sign company as the highway department. This is a sign company that was east of the freeway that made highway signs. And I was the highway department, and we needed a sign up on Beaver Lake because in the summertime, kids are walking across that dam and taking their shoes and socks off, and they're burning the bottoms of their feet by the time they get across. <laughs> and we need a sign to tell them not to do it. And the guy at the highway sign company says, well, sure, we can make any sign you want, what you want it to say. And I said, hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, that's, and yeah. it was, the reason it's my favorite is because it was like a joke. It's as sure. if you told the joke. Everything just was timing. Had a punchline and yeah. everything. Perfect. Who was someone that you really wanted to prank and you never got the chance? Oh, man, not the Pope. Um, I mean, did you ever try to prank the governor? Or oh, I did. I prank. Yes, Jim Guy Tucker, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was visiting for the Governor's Council of Physical I Fitness. I remember that. And I, uh, I called him. I'm trying to work up <laughs> Arnold. Um, Arnold, but I'm not there yet. But um, Jim Guy answered the phone, and I'm and we were going to do a thing where I was going to lift Jim Guy over my head. Like weights, and <laughs> you'll be back. Lift him up. Yes, I'll be putting you on the air. And he was, and then when I told Jim Guy it was me, he said, "Well, that was a lot of fun." <laughs> and I uh, pranked. Well, he only got that one phone call, so it was tough. That, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I pranked Frank Bro the late Frank Broyles. He had appeared in the movie The Blue and the Gray, and I called him and said I was a Hollywood producer, and he was so good that we want him to play the ghost of a Confederate general movie starring Lily Tomlin. And Scott, he bit and bit hard. Really? Was going to do it. And uh, and toward the end of the call, he goes, now I need to tell you, I've got a deviated septum. I just had an operation for a deviated septum. Is that going to get in the way? And I said, oh, no, coach, that's going to be great. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be yeah. fabulous. We'll love it. And when I told him who I was, he goes, well, that was a lot of fun. I said, can I use this on the radio? And he goes, no, absolutely not. So no one's ever heard it. No I've one I've still knows. got it. And you'll find it on the UCA archives and University of Central Arkansas, which I did not attend, but uh, Jimmy Bryant, who runs the library, got the archives. So there you go. That should be on YouTube by now, yeah. I would think. Well, no. LaShonda is That's the right. greatest of all time. That's right. That one's on there. The Cable Lady. The Cable Lady. That one. And it goes by all these names, and there's so many so many catchphrases that come out of that call. Won't somebody please help me? Come take care of my ticket. Come on now. My door is open. I know you're tired. We're all tired. You ain't too tired if you're fixing to go out to the lake. <laughs> that Brilliant. was a good What was the Lipsmobile? Now, the Lipsmobile was a Nissan. Uh-oh. This is Guatney. I know. But, yeah, we Edit. Say it. Yeah, Edit. That's okay. Edit. I had a 300ZX and one of the Wanted to be the cool guy, cool DJ, so I thought. I'm known as Lips, which I really was in high school yeah, for two yeah. obvious reasons, and decided, let's go with it. Just call yourself Lips. Did you have a license plate? Had a license Lips plate, said Lips, on the license plate. 300ZXs were cool cars. And they were. Still, 
I don't know if they still not as them. cool as a Chevrolet, but they're good. No, but they're okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, Whew, man. Did Doctor Demino ever play face da- dancing? No, I don't think so. He might have. I don't know. Did face you try dancing to get it on there. Face dancing was a direct steal from Rick Dees. Rick Dees had scored with Disco Duck, and I'm driving to Brinkley for an appearance and a song by. Uh, uh, help me. You can tell I'm 68 years yeah, old. Huey Lewis or something? No, it was a soul song. It comes on, and I start dancing, wanting to dance, and I'm going, I can't dance except with my face. <gasps> face. There it is. The next Rick D's disco duck. Face dancing. No, not quite. Everybody Did, knew about it, though. Yeah, it kind of, it was unusual. I remember you doing it for uh a talent show? ULR program that I went through uh, in, the, in the summer where they would let young kids run around ULR and you came out and had a huge crowd face dancing. Oh, they were, we were all face, face dancing. Uh, I did in front of, uh, in fact, this is how I got to know Jerry Van Dyke and did face dancing in front of him. And after it was over, polite applause because the crowd was older. And he looks at me and goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged. Hey, we're back here on Guatney Unplugged. Scott Romine with Craig O'Neill, my hero. And I wanted to ask you. They're flying off <laughs> yeah. the lot at Guatney. <laughs> they are. GuatneyChevrolet.com. There you go. Hey, I wanted to ask you about, you ended up in this movie, Pass the Ammo. Uh-oh. How'd that happen? Romine, you going over all this Wikipedia oh, I remember, stuff. Oh, I remember it. No, this Man, is, I don't even have I would, that as a note. I, I just would be glad it. to give you my famous line from Pass the Ammo, but you'd be off like that. I don't think we FCC, can do that. FCC, come calling. But yeah, uh, I heard about them doing a movie in Eureka Springs. I said, let me go up and try it for it. You never know. I've been on radio for, at that time about... Uh, in doing the crazy morning show for about eight years, and let's just try this to see where this goes. Interesting, Tim Burton was, I'm sorry, Tim Curry was in that movie. Ah, uh, yeah. And he played the part of an evangelist. And when the director from Hollywood met me as I tried out, he got me out to the, took me to the side and said, hey, could you record several versions of a Southern evangelist that we could send to Tim Curry and let him practice the voice. And I said, well, certainly I can. I'll be glad to do it for you. And I'll do Jimmy, Billy Graham, and I'll do several other voices. And so I did, and they sent it to Tim <laughs> Corey. The part he plays in that movie, there's none of the voices I sent him. But, but I thought you were a preacher in the movie. Or no, something. I was the bad guy. I uh, Yeah, I ended up shooting the heroes. Yeah. Yeah, we I can't was, say I was, your line here. No, I can't say the line, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, did you foresee radio has changed a lot? Mm. And, and was that a motivation to get on TV? No, I'll tell you what happened. Um, Scott, the, you, you're in radio. I was had done radio for 30 years. 22 is the crazy morning DJ. And I'd read a book recently called The Artist's Way in which it tells you to Get out there and branch out. Try sure. new things. Do other things. And Channel 11 had an opening, and I love sports. Let's try this. That was all there was to it. Now, there, yeah, there were some other circumstances. Ratings had slipped, for one thing. Kind of okay. lost my way because radio was changing. And you are on B98. I was on B98.5, and the – got to add the point five. The That slap dash crazy voice – 
sound effects drop-in DJ had was was actually out of style. I kind of tried to keep it alive, but it had it had. Good gosh, y'all! I am so See how sorry. How popular you still are? Just a minute. <laughs> yeah, Donald. Yeah, uh, don't worry about the impeachment. It's not going to get you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Good. Anyway, um, <laughs> so that's another reason. I mean, there were about a hundred different reasons, and but tried the TV, loved it, loved the being around so many people. I had forgot that you did sports. Yes, did sports right? for eight years, and then the I was in, I I knew all this. I was just interested in all this sure. stuff besides okay. sports. But I love sports. But I just was interested in politics and education and the economy and uh, all of this stuff. Iraq and Afghanistan at that time, believe it or not, were still going. Of course, of course everybody still is. Does. Yeah. And I had gotten to be an expert on that Iraq kind of and stuff. Afghanistan. So <laughs> let's go. Well, I always wondered. I mean, you are known as a comedian. I mean, yeah. Do you ever find yourself yeah. where it's going to be uncomfortable reading this murder? Every day. Every day. There are two shows at Channel 11. There's the one you see, and then there's the one going on in my head that I you don't see. Right. And that's the one that's cutting up. That's, that's the one yeah. at the comedy store. Not about murders, but about, say, well, like politics. It's just hard to imagine that the, the guy that knows Marvin, the boss's yes. nephew, it's Talking about a drive-by. And every once in a while in the newsroom, I'll break out in those voices and those 26-year-old out-of-state kids. <laughs> they don't, they don't have any. No, they got their Missouri degrees, but they don't know. They think it's a new thing. Yeah. No, they just think I'm in the way. Plus, I can't hear anymore. <laughs> thanks to Millie Vanilli. Tell me how the Ellen Show thing came about. Because <laughs> that was fantastic. All by accident, my friend. Actually, Ellen had just started on Channel 11. Right. Her show had debuted, and they invite, they were at the time, in 2004, they were inviting television stations that were debuting their show to come on out. You can have a couple of minutes with Ellen to interview her, help promote the show. Okay. We took them up on it. Plus, Arkansas was playing USC that same weekend, got killed 70 to 17 or something like that that weekend. So there was a lot going on. So we... Took five people out there from Channel 11. I went and interviewed Ellen. And what people don't know is there is a speaker under every seat in, really? the, in the audience. And that show is so popular, there's not only the audience, there is the holding room for another 200 people who want to get in but can't get in. But the point is, when that music is thumping and you're going, you cannot sit still. And I did dances. Oh, of course. For 30 years and would go out and do dances and all this stuff, from, especially from the disco era. So I'm up there just grooving. I'm putting it on. And the associate producer comes up and taps me on the shoulder and said, come down here. We want you to lead the crowd. He had no idea I was there to interview Ellen until later. And boom, I'm down there in front dancing in front of the Ellen crowd. And they're going crazy. And they ended up using it on the yeah, show. Yeah, they did. So I turned that Ellen show into a Craig O'Neill disco. Have, is there any footage of you interviewing her? Did you yes, we've got it somewhere. Channel Eleven is the world's worst about archiving, but we've got it somewhere where I'm talking to her, and I ask if she'll call the Hogs. Oh, you did, and I had the whole studio audience call the Hogs, and Ellen was game for the first time. Sure, sat back down. Of course, you know you have to get back up. Oh yeah, there's a second stanza. And then she sat back down, but there's a third stanza. 
of course, with Hong Kong. And this is when she cuts up, and it gets a huge laugh. But she stands up and rolls her eyes and goes, and um, so she felt so self-conscious about that, and the staff felt like it would be so offensive to our Kansans that they, I think that's one of the reasons they put me on dancing, was kind of make it up to us. That could have been. But she was hilarious. You've hey now have you retired from emceeing events? Yes, yeah. a lot. Yeah, of that? no more after. I figured it was about nine thousand events at, at least, and about forty million dollars. That's that's a rough estimate because I went back on my calendars and just kind of counted up. Okay, and I've been in the business fifty years now, so if you multiply and do all the math, it's about it comes out to about nine thousand forty million dollars. So, and I'm big into reading now, Scott. Just and I think part part of that is because I'm partially deaf, but I'm just big into reading. And we know that Arkansas schools thirty, what is it, thirty nine percent of our schools don't read on grade level. I mean, thirty. Uh, I'm reading, sorry, sixty one percent of our. Let me back up. Sixty one percent of our students do not read on grade level. And the greatest comment I heard about that was, if you heard that children in Arkansas were going to school without shoes, you do your dead level best to get them shoes. That's right. Well, if you hear that 61% of our Arkansas children are not reading on grade level, you do your best to bring the, help bring them up. So all I do is go in, show my love of books, and hope it sticks. I'm crop dusting. What's some of your favorite books to read? Well, I just got through reading Bernie the One-Eyed Dog. I was reading the Roberts Elementary before I got here. What about the Lorax? That's a good Don't one. do the Lorax. People don't realize Dr. Seuss, those are long books. Yes, they are. He was the first rapper by the way <laughs> the original the original and i got one minute left somebody wants to get in broadcasting what's your advice man if you know how to get on youtube if you know how to edit if you know how to come up with crazy wacko ideas you're into broadcasting because now in the old days it used to be you got a job with a radio station or a tv station now, in 2000, what's about to be 20, you are your own TV and radio it's station. It's in your pocket. Yep. It's right there. It's changed so much. So just be bizarre. <laughs> are you ever really going to retire? No. Are you I kidding? Th- I didn't think so. Hey, Guatney, got any openings? Uh, uh, yeah, we can I, use you. I can do PA announcements with different voices. <laughs> <laughs> service line two, service line two. How about if Marvin, the boss's yes. nephew... We have service line two. We need a salesman on nine. Thank you. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> Boom. Awesome. Craig O'Neill, thanks so much I for love being you, on. Scott. Guadney, love you, man. Well, you raised me. You know? <laughs> and uh, come back anytime. We'd love to have you I again. I love it. Scott Romine, Guadney Unplugged. Be right back.